the American Theatre Wing, and the New York Public Library for the Performing Arts bring you the American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre. This session, the director. Hello, I'm Pia Lindstrom with the American Theatre Wing, and with me is director Lloyd Richards. Welcome. You have been uh, the head of the Yale Drama School, artistic director of the Yale Repertory Theater, artistic director at the O'Neill Center. You've had plays produced on Broadway that you've directed, and you are one of America's most renowned directors. What does it take to be such a fine director? To be a fine director takes uh, a lot of staying with it, sticking with it and uh, getting used to being turned down. That's one of the first things I learned in New York, is how do you take no? What do you do with no? What does rejection do to you, and how do you handle it? And so you have to learn to handle rejection. They don't teach it in any program that I know of. In your school, when you were teaching, you, did, you didn't teach rejection. I mention it now and then as I am teaching but uh, it's something you have to learn because people, there are no courses in it. You, know, you have to learn it. Is this something you can be born with or you adapt and learn how to take rejection? Well, I don't know whether people are born with it. It's certainly uh, a stunning shock kind of when it starts coming. I know as an actor in New York, when I first came to New York making the rounds, and you would make the rounds religiously. Every day you go from office to office mm. to office, and everywhere everybody's telling you, I have nothing for you. Mm. No, no. And I was uh, instructed by friends who had gotten to New York before me that you have to learn how to, uh, to take that that it's not a reflection on you, it's not a reflection on your talent. That uh, person who is saying no, he has a particular need, mm -hmm. and you don't fit as you walk in and stand there, or sit there, or do what you do. And uh, until somebody fits the image that they have in their head, they're not going to say yes. So if they say no to you, uh, it's just another day and another time. So you have been both on the stage as an actor, and oh, yes. you've been sitting in the audience being the one who says no, no, no. Y yes, I've been there too. Y you've yeah. been there. Yes. Um, tell me a little bit about how you got from being a, an actor to being a director. Is this a usual path for directors? I don't know that it's a usual path. I, uh, I was an actor or functioned in that way, both in radio and uh, in, in theater, when I was uh, in college, young person in college. And I guess I just absorbed you know, what directors do and how they behave. And then I was in a theater company, and we were doing a repertory of a number of plays. And I was in a few of them, and then they said, well, why don't you direct this one? And I said, yes, of course, why don't I? <laughs> and I began. What do directors do? What do directors do? Everything. D 
directors do everything. As a director, if you can get people to send you scripts, you have advanced in, uh, in, uh, in terms of recognition. Usually you're hunting them down. And one of the things that I always advise playwrights and directors in school to do is to team up. Find other people who are going your way. Find a playwright. Uh, you like his play, you take his play and you shop it around. Because if you shop the play around and somebody likes the play, then you're in some respect attached to it. And you might get selected as the, uh, as the director. And the playwright might get his play accepted someplace. So it's, a, it's kind of a team thing when you're in school. As a director, tell me some of the things you're responsible for. Well, can I start out by saying everything? Everything. You're responsible for everything. First of all, the script, the text itself the condition of the play. Mm -hmm. Is it ready for production? Uh, if you are fortunate, and this doesn't happen in schools or universities often enough, you're usually working with dead playwrights. It's uh, much easier to work with dead playwrights, but much less exciting. I mean, working with a live playwright who has a mind of his own and he has ideas in his own, not all of which are written in the script, but they are there. You know, that is, so it, uh, it is something that you have to form a partnership with uh, a playwright in uh, doing his play. Now, usually, to get a uh, a playwright to accept you, and they do have to. Mm -hmm. They have a contractual thing usually where they approve the director, which is nice. But you don't work for approval. You work to get that text right. And by right, everybody may have their own opinion of it, but for me, and the way I work, I am there to really bring his ideas to the stage, physically, you know. That, uh, so that's one of the first so things So long I before do. you've cast it, you're oh, working yes. on, on the, the text. text, if it's a new play. If it's a well, new not play. all playwrights, I suppose, want you fiddling with their words. Don't some of them say, these are my words, and you can't touch well, them. Well, you don't fiddle with their words. <laughs> they have a good contract also, <laughs> which says nothing can be said on the stage that they didn't write. So you've got that. So you have, so you have to, make to convince sure. them that they Absolutely. want to change it. You know, you have to convince them of what they're writing about. You know, sometimes they're writing and they've written and they don't completely know what they've said. Mm -hmm. And so you try and, or at least I do, I try and discern what is this playwright really trying to say? And uh, then I may question him about that and question him about things that he has suggested that he might not mm -hmm. realize, really, and incorporate in the play. So I 
do that. I don't write a line. I'm not the playwright. I won't write. I think I've written one line in uh, my entire career, but and I had to be apologetic about that. I had to suggest that to the playwright. You know, there are playwrights, and I love to work with those who they are so much the writer that you do not dare write a line. You know, you don't, because you know they are a better writer than you are. You, you had a long association with August Wilson. Yes, I did. Did you find that this was a meeting of two minds, that you could create something together? Yes. Well, I started out in New York that way. I had Lorraine Hansberry. And Lorraine's play, Oration and Son, really, we worked on that play for a year. Oh. From the time I met her, I was introduced to her through Sidney Poitier, who I had uh, pounded the streets with. I knew very well, and he had said, if I ever do anything major on Broadway, I want you to direct it. And I got this call in the middle of the night saying, I've found what I want to do, and I want to propose you as the director. Uh, you have to meet the producer, mm -hmm. and uh, if that goes well, then you'll meet the playwright, which I did. And we hit it off, you know. We seemed to like the same theater, and like the same kind of theater. And I, uh, so I began working with uh, Lorraine. We had a production date a year after I came on as the director. And Lorraine was told, and she had accepted, that the play she had written uh, had a better play in it. And the, the, by the second act, in her old first version, the family was in the new house. And so it was a play about trying to get along with the neighbors mm -hmm. in that uh, new neighborhood, that white neighborhood. And Lorraine had very strong reasons for having written that play. But she understood that her play really was in the struggle to get to that point where they would move. Mm -hmm. And it was in Walter Lee as the central character. Previously, it had been a play about Mama. So you work with the playwrights and guide the themes of the show, the, the, the I've heard the term spine. Yes. Of, of the show. What yeah. is the spine of a show that a director would look at? <coughs> like? It's the central conflict of the play, the central story. And everything, and I tell a playwright, it's like a clothesline you put through a play. And you put everything on it. And if it advances the spine, then it is uh, of use. If it doesn't, forget it. And so, yes, the spine is a very important part of the play and it advances the conflict and the plot of the play. And the things that contribute to that are useful. The things that don't are expendable. After you have worked with a playwright and you have the spine and you have the themes and you have all of this in your mind, who do you hire? I consider that uh, my most important and first hiring is the stage manager. 
because that is the person who really is going to set a tone in rehearsal. I will set the tone, but if the stage manager doesn't carry that through, you know, then you have a, a conflicted company. And so I hire a stage manager first. Before the actors? Be oh, yes, before the actors, yes. And the set designer? The set designer is hired before the actors, generally. And do you work with the set designer and yes. say, I want steps here and a yes. pool there? <laughs> well, personally, I go over mm -hmm. what I want and what I visualize with the playwright first. So we're on the same page, you know. What you don't want is that playwright walking around at the back of the theater and, and really having this dialogue with himself, because he has no one to talk to. When you get in rehearsal, he's alone, you know. <laughs> and he is walking alone at the back of the theater, and he has no one to talk to. And things are happening up there that are violating him and his beautiful script. And it's all they can do sometimes to keep their mouth shut. Every now and then they can't. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, uh, the uh, the uh, there's a thing that I started at the National Playwrights Conference where we had brought in uh, new developing playwrights or even advanced playwrights, and one of the things that I added to the program as a part of their learning was a meeting with designers. Oh. You know, and uh, I tell a playwright. You know, about a designer. It's a man sitting there with a blank piece of paper and a pencil. Hmm. And he has got to may begin to make lines on that blank piece of paper. And uh, the, uh, in order to make those lines and make them properly, he has to know what the image is, what the vision is, what the play is about. Well, he has read it, mm -hmm. and he has his own ideas, but and which he shares with uh, you, but he has uh, got to know what it's about. So I would uh, sit a playwright down with four or five designers mm -hmm. and have the director there, but the director, who usually talks to the designers, can't talk. So it's just that uh, interchange between the playwright and the designer, mm -hmm. and they ask questions. And what's wonderful is that the designers usually ask the same questions mm. that the director has been asking. You know. And so the uh, playwright gets an opportunity to hear it. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> from another voice. Mm -hmm. And who knows which voice is going to be clearest to him. Do you hire the costume designer as well and yes. discuss the costumes? Yes. Do uh, the, uh, we discuss, and the set designer is in on those discussions because you can see at times a set that is in conflict with the <laughs> costumes. And you don't want that. Like a woman who would have a very tight dress and have to walk up a lot of stairs. There I you go. That wouldn't yes, work. <laughs> that does not work. Not work. That's good. Uh, not but isn't go. the director the ultimate authority? Ultimate authority, yes, indeed. So Except you. Except for the fact that the playwright has ultimately to approve. 
I see. So what you want to do is get understand that playwright and have a working relationship with the playwright so you don't get any sudden disapproval. So as a director, you do a lot of work before the play is even cast or you see any actors uh, have yes, any reading of the play? Absolutely. Do you absolutely. close your eyes and imagine scenes? Oh, yes. Is that how yes. you work? How I work is I read the play first mm -hmm. as an audience. Oh. I say, what does that play say to me? What does it do to me? Yeah. And then I read it a second time to find out why that did what it did to me. <coughs> Excuse me. By then you're beginning to really get into mm -hmm. the text and how it works and if it works and does it work. And you are going to make suggestions to the playwright mm -hmm. relative to where you perceive he is going. And, uh, uh, and see really whether he intends to go where he went. And uh, I try to lead a playwright to what I think he is thinking. When you finally have done that, gotten the playwright to, to where he thinks he ought to be, mm -hmm. then you cast the actors. Yes, yes. Finally, then we come to the end. Yes. And how important is it to you to find the right actor, Absolutely or can you change people? Absolutely important. That's important. Yeah. The, there are those that say, that's half the job. If you get the right actor, your job is going to be much easier. And so the casting is an art. Mm. Uh, I heard that once. I was in Africa, and uh, I was in a country, and they came to me, and the, uh, oh, the head of culture of the country had, uh, had set it up, and, the, and his uh, subordinate head that had to do with theater came to me and said, I want you to meet with some young students mm -hmm. and talk to them about theater. So we went off to a building. Uh, in the distance, I'd say, and we walked into a room, and there sitting in the room were a group of young people who were anywhere from, I'd say, 12 years old to 15, mm. 16. And he said, this is Mr. Richards. He is going to uh, tell you about the art of playwriting, the art of uh, acting, the art of directing, the art of casting, the art of costume, the art of something else, and Mr. Richards, and he walked out of the room, and there I was with these kids. And uh, who, my first question to them was, who has seen a play? There was not a hand raised. Who has seen a movie? Not a hand raised. Well, I will right. cut off that story, but it was Well, let's that. go back the to the art, art of casting. Of casting. Tell yes. me about the art of casting. Yes. That is part of the director's responsibility. Right. Mm -hmm. How do you learn that? Well, you learn it by knowing what you want 
to happen on a stage? What do you want to happen in the course of the play? And you look for the people who can do that for you, mm. who are in their own temperament, their own physicality, their own abilities can achieve it. And that's who you can. Does it help to have been an actor? It helps me. It helps you to casting. In, and in casting, Or in talking yes, to the actors. In talking to the actors, certainly. Because uh, the, you know, acting is it's a craft. And there are many different methods yes. that people use. You have to speak all those languages. So if one were thinking of being a director, a good way to start would be with acting classes. Oh, absolutely. You should know And to learn that. all the different methods yes. of acting. And sit in on design classes and sit in on movement classes or take them or whatever. You'd have to know everything. And you have to know music and you have to know art and you have to know whatever. You might become involved, you must know. If you don't know, go to the library. Find out pretty quick, because uh, you're going to be expected to know as you talk with all of those people in all of those various areas. Mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, it's a fascinating thing. At, up at Yale, we used to have young people. We'd bring them in the theater and talk theater and talk about theater. Well, young people in the theater, what have they seen? What have they, what is their aspiration, an immediate one, is to be that central person in the middle of the stage. That's what they want. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, to start by saying, look at that up there. That's a light. Mm -hmm. There are a hundred, five hundred of those lights up there. Who put them up there? Uh, who pointed them this way? Who made them that color? Who uh, arranged that they come on and off when they do? Uh, you so ever you thought need, about doing that? As a director, you need technical knowledge of you the theater. All, all of it, yes. And you need emotional knowledge of mood and human beings and and movement. And movement. Right. Do you give line readings? Do you ever? No. To a, an actor, you don't say, do it this way. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. What I try and do with actors is I have, don't kid yourself, a way that I want it. Mm -hmm. And I try to lead the actor through questions, through whatever, to the discovery of what I want. Then, you see, the actor doesn't think of it as mine. It's his. He discovered it. That's uh, the way to do it. And that's uh, how I work with actors. It's I don't, uh, by directing them, I am inducing them, to, or inducing, yes, mm -hmm. inducing them to, to get to my understanding and do it my way without ever thinking they're doing it my way. <laughs> Very uh, clever. Well, <laughs> takes you subtlety. Be. Then you have to be subtle as a director and understand nuances of interpersonal relations. 
that and yes and how that particular actor works and what should work for him in terms of what I say to him. So you have to be a psychologist. Oh, yes, a little bit of that. A little of that you need so that yes. you can... Yeah. Do you like it when the script has directions, stage directions? Is that of use to you at all? Or you prefer use, not to have stage directions well, I in have, the script? I don't mind the playwright giving me st uh, the uh, script with stage directions in it because it tells me his thinking mm -hmm. or her thinking. And that is always useful. But then rub them out. <laughs> because I don't want the actors doing something because it's on the page. I want them doing it because they've discovered it through the situation, through the action, through what they're trying to achieve mm -hmm. in any scene. Mm -hmm. uh, then they discover uh, that they are going where it's said in the book that they ought to go or doing what they have to do. And it's, uh, but they've discovered it. It's different for an actor if I am doing something because you said do it mm -hmm. uh, than if I am doing it because organically that's what I must do now. Mm -hmm. uh, then it belongs to the actor. After you've done the uh, read-throughs and you've gotten this far, then you do the you tell the people where to go on the stage, mm -hmm. which is the blocking. You yes, give them the, the instructions. Blocking. And you have here, I see this great big book. Yes. Is this the kind of book you use when you're going to keep notes for yourself as to where everybody is and where they're supposed to go? Well, that's the, the lines are on this side and the number indications are in the line as to what happens over here. On this side. And on that side is the uh, block of the set and where people go from So you have to, to remember, or you don't remember, you write down exactly where everybody's... Uh, do you make up a map? I mean, how can you remember this one was at the lamp and this one was here and that one was there? Oh, I'm going to tell you the truth. <laughs> I didn't write that. Oh. <laughs> you see, what, uh, who wrote that was my stage second manager. stage manager, stage manager who takes the down the notes as to what I said. Oh, By the I time see. I get up from the table, because I spend a lot of time with the actors around the table, oh. reading. You know, Before you have them stand on the stage, oh, you yes. do a long period of reading? Of reading, yeah, mm -hmm. where they get to know one another and get to know what they're saying, get to know what they want. And at the same time, I have a mock-up of the set there so they can be getting an idea of where they might be doing it or where they're going. And I expect that when we get up from the table, which is when we can no longer sit there, I mean, the impulses are that great mm -hmm. that they've got to move, you know, and that they, by virtue of the fact that we have laid all of the information in, the impulses in, they kind of know where to move. And if there are adjustments that I have to make in that. But I want them to do my way out of themselves is the goal. So the blocking is um, a combination of the work at the table finding its way to a space. Mm -hmm. And the space should not be a strange space. That's why I have the uh, mock-up of the set.
there. So uh, they, as they feel their impulses, they begin to associate it with the set in such a way that there's, they're going to go where they ought to be. And if they don't, then yes, I'll have to uh, say go here instead of there and do this instead of that. And your stage manager, somebody will write down exactly right what you said down. so you can refer back and say, yes. I think you were supposed to be there, or right. in case they run into each other yes. <laughs> on the stage. Yeah, that book becomes very important, and it becomes very important if I am going to do another production and want to review what I've said or uh, whatever. It's a, it's a reference. Do you who own it. your, is there a copyright of your blocking? Do you own no. your stage? Can no. somebody else see the play and then <laughs> copy what you did yes. and go do it somewhere else? Yes. <laughs> they can and they do. And, uh, you know, it's been a long contention between the unions, mm -hmm. the directors' union and the uh, playwrights' union, that about... Who owns what? Who owns what? And they usually have a line in your contract that says something to the effect that anything you contribute becomes the property of the playwright. So, and if you sign that, yeah, but uh, not everybody signs that. In that Are you affiliated with a union or directors? The Society of Stage Directors and Choreographers, which was, ooh, begun, what, about 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. I was one of the initial uh, members. Uh, it was started by Shepard Traub, and uh, he got people together and uh, formed uh, the basis of the union and contract. I think I had the first or the second union contract. Does the, the union decide the salary scale for directors? No, they have minimums. They have minimums. And uh, the uh, what you get is what you're able to negotiate for, but there is a minimum. Can a director ever get a percentage of the play? Oh, yes. Okay, so... Protect a director can get whatever he's big enough to get, you know. <laughs> so you have How to... How badly <laughs> do they need you, or do they want you, you know? And the director is hired by the producer? The everybody is hired by the producer. The role of the director has become more important in the last 25, 35 years, has it not? Oh, yes, even longer than that. I mean, it was the one of the last uh, pieces that were fit into the theater production. <coughs> Excuse me. It used to be that the producer, the person who put on the play, uh, was in fact the person who told you where to go or where not to go. And uh, then there were managers that mm -hmm. would do that and go around with the show. And I forget the name of the man account in, uh, in Europe who started the concept of the director. The director. The person. Because like, I, I guess in the 19th that. century, actors just directed themselves and so on, didn't they? Yes. And yes. Rehearsed they, oh, alone. If you were the star yes. of a show, you 
you know, ran the show. You were the big mucky muck and hired and whatever. But today, the director is is considered very, very, very pivotal, important. important. Pivotal, yeah, important. The, the the director has become very much like the person who help finds material and develops it. Now, uh, a producer today might find a show that he wants to do, but it is not uh, ready yet. But he, will, he might hire a director to work with the playwright on developing the text mm -hmm. to the point where it is uh, producible. Producible meaning I am willing to put so much money into it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'm going to lose it, but I am gambling mm. on that. So. We've gotten our actors uh, up from the table. They're now on the uh, stage, mm -hmm. and they, you have blocked all their actions, and they're getting close to uh, opening night. What, what, what do you do then? Well, Sound effects? What other responsibilities well, there are, do you have? Yeah, costumes, you send actors, you meet with the costume designer and the uh, set designer, and you discuss each character in terms of costumes, and you put uh, the actors together, or the mm -hmm. costumes together, because ultimately that's a picture up there. Mm -hmm. And uh, what should this picture look like, and what colors should be there, and what uh, dynamic do the, uh, the costumes have for the show, and how do they move it along? So you have done mm -hmm. that. And the other costume designer, had, uh, when we get into technical uh, rehearsals, which is usually the last week of rehearsals. What exactly is a technical rehearsal? Well, a technical rehearsal is where all of the technical elements of the show are introduced to the actors and examined and worked with lights. and worked on. What is lights, it? Lights, sound? Lights, sound, costume, uh, the whole works. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, you work on changes. You know, an actor, how much time to change a costume okay. from one to the other, which is something you've discussed with the costume designer because you know there's a fast change between this and that, and this actor has to get out of that costume and into this costume and be back on stage in so many seconds. Or you need a lot of Velcro. You mean you can uh, rip the uh, thing yeah, off? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of Velcro <laughs> is used or anything that makes it fast. Mm -hmm. And a good dresser backstage is a very important person. Hmm that person who can get you out of one costume and into another, both having the costume fit and your whole feelings unflustered. Mm -hmm. Because you have a bad uh, dresser back there, and by the time you come out, you're raging, or fit to be tied, you're not ready for the play. <laughs> That so, so all instead of, of firing the actor, you fire the wardrobe yes, woman. <laughs> yes, oh, God. of course. Yeah. You uh, get someone new you or switch them around or do what you have to do. And that 
operation mm -hmm. backstage, which that man uh, or person I said I hire first mm -hmm. is in charge of, has to run smoothly. It has to be as though nothing is going on back there. Everybody is moving, not making a sound, and getting things done in uh, no time at all. So your job is to keep things moving smoothly. Yes. You hire the people that can do the job. And that stage manager that I hired first, first. is the guy back there. And as a matter of fact, on opening night, I usually go backstage and I say to one of the things I say to the stage manager is that it's your show. Mm. From that point on, he runs the show. I'm out of it. Oh. I go to the theater that night to see a good play. <laughs> you know, is what uh, I try to do at least. Is it a little bit lonely, a little bit like having given birth and there your baby is going off and well, you're not needed in the same way? It's sort of like that. It's something that I put in this way because I went from an, being an actor to being a director, and I said to myself, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. uh, well, as an actor, you do all this work, you know, prepare yourself physically, vocally, mentally, everything. And on opening night, it's like a bird. You fly. Mm -hmm. you know? And having been an actor, I've experienced that. And to be a director, what it means to me is to prepare that bird and to be able to stand back and watch him fly mm -hmm. or her fly. Mm -hmm. That is the biggest change that I had to make between an actor and a director. Mm -hmm. It's knowing the moment at which you become useless. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the star anymore. Things have been revolving around you, and because you say so, mm -hmm. things happen. Well, the gods have it now, <laughs> and those actors have it now, and what they do is the thing that matters. Mm. And you're in the wings, or in the back of the theater, or in a seat, if you're comfortable. Now, it's... Uh, it's a big switch, okay. but the opening night is very tough on the director. Is it? Oh, you can't say stop. <laughs> you can't say hold that. Let's go back and do that again. You can't, you know, none of those things, none of those words are Are applicable. you pacing in the back a lot? No, 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 I don't You can pace. actually sit down. I've got to sit down. Got to sit down. i got to sit down out of the fact that I know my work is done. Mm -hmm. I have completed my work, and now I have to put myself in a frame of mind to now I'm going to go to the theater and see a show. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do on opening night is go to the theater to see a show. What would you advise a young person who thought they perhaps would be interested in a career as a director? What should they study? They should study art. Of the of the centuries, mm -hmm. uh, music, the same. Uh, the 
all of the environment differently now mm-hmm. than we moved 15 years ago. Why? We were clothed differently. Mm-hmm. There were different things that were coming into our ears you know, as we went down the street or into our eyes. Uh, and we were being affected by certain things. And that's always true in any kind of production that you do. The, uh, the uh, people, when they wore those chinched uh, waist yes, things, had to do, yeah, yes. corset. And men wore them too. Had to function in a particular way, mm-hmm. you know when you were dragging a sword at your side, when you had to pull it, and those things are heavy, (laughs) and use it on the top of a horse. (laughs) You have to be a different physical human being, Mm -hmm. you know, and you behave in terms of carrying those things. Mm -hmm. And uh, others do, I know. I noticed once it was very distressing note. I had an early morning uh, theater class at Hunter College, and I noticed that the the young people who came in, you know, that I had to win them back from the what they had been through. That in getting from wherever their home is to Hunter College, they had experiences mm. that were and violations. Mm. You know, as you walk down the street, mm. as you try and go down the street, uh, just uh, just to get there, mm. you walk through a, a hell of an environment, and the uh, people be still in that. Mm and to get them from that to what we're trying to deal with in the class was uh, something yeah. I had to acknowledge that it was a, a problem that I had to address. Yeah. But they were coming through an environment. Well, all people have done that in whatever way. Yeah. And anybody who walks on the stage, any character is coming from somewhere. You know, coming from experience. What is that experience? And we are different. When we come into the same room, if we come from different experiences. Yeah. So a director would need to be very aware of this. Aware of all those things. Aware of the what music has he heard? Mm-hmm. What, uh, what has he encountered before he comes? You know, I'm sure you've had the experience of going home with someone you know uh, very well is at home, and you walk into the door and you say, hello, and someone says, what's wrong? (laughs) Why? You have come through some kind of experience that has changed you. And it's just Mm. in the voice. It's just in that. It's in the body. It's in the voice. You've been affected. Now, every character coming onto a stage has come from experience mm. yeah, and brings it with them, yeah, out of which you attempt to deal with other people. Yeah. And that is part of directing. And if you're an actor, you have to know that. But uh, in uh, 
directing a particular play of a particular time, then you have to know all of those things about that time. Do, uh, would you recommend having a political conscience or awareness of politics? Oh, yes, absolutely. You, know, you want to know the entire uh, environment that any of the characters are living within. And now that we have dramaturgs these days, I expect my dramaturgs to be collecting this material and pictures and pinning them up around the rehearsal hall so that actors can refer to it and bringing in books that actors might want to read to better understand. What is the difference between a dramaturg and a dramatist? <laughs> Not a great deal initially. Uh, say I'm, I don't want to take credit for something that I think I did anyhow. When I was at the O'Neill Center, uh, a time when we were working with new plays and new playwrights, and we'd bring them up there and do their work and staged readings, and then have critiques afterward where we had uh, critics come in from uh, various major newspapers throughout the country and do a review mm -hmm. 20 minutes later for the audience and the audience asking questions. And in the meantime, the playwright was on his way to the ocean. <laughs> in, and I said, that doesn't work. But some of these were very bright people, these critics, and very knowledgeable. And there were some of them that I perceived who might be useful to a playwright in the process of rehearsal oh. rather than after. And I went to George White and I said, uh, you know, I want to cut out this uh, critique. George White the ran show. the O'Neill Center. Center, yes. Yeah. And uh, I said, however, there are a few of them that I think can be very useful in the process and can work with the uh, playwright in the course of rehearsal and give them thoughts and ideas and questions. And George said, oh, you mean a dramaturg? I said, do I? Because <laughs> I didn't know what a dramaturg was. This was back in the 60s, late 60s. And uh, he said yes, because he had been to Yale with uh, Nogler and had Nogler's history class. So he knew about he, dramaturgs. Dramaturgs. But that There's was another profession. Can, yes. You can't be a director, you can be a dramaturg. Now you can. <laughs> so I started <coughs> calling these critics that I put in a different job, dramaturgs. The next year, uh, there was a dramaturgy was being taught at Yale, and uh, dramaturgs were appearing in uh, various places, theater places, and it was uh, another profession. Does your union of uh, directors have an apprentice program if people are <coughs> interested in uh, taking classes or something? The union has various programs. I'm not really, I was so tight in the union for so many years. Mm. Now, uh, they, have, they have lecture series and 
things like that. that Where would do. you suggest a person study? I mean, we know Yale, of course, but uh, is, are there special schools that have good uh, directing departments? Yes. Or is it better but I just wouldn't to name. Oh. I wouldn't uh, name one. I'd say uh, the for a student who's interested in directing, you go and you examine all the major, uh, and there are about 10 or 15 top schools in theater, and you check out their directing program, and you see how it operates. Not just do you get an opportunity to move people around the stage, but what do you learn? about art, about music, about uh, uh, movement, about all of those other things that are component parts of uh, a theater piece. And go and uh, examine the programs, you know, and uh, then make a choice. There are very few women directors, aren't there? Just, you know, there's Susan Stroman. There's a few, but more... Men there are uh, more men do it. I remember when there were really very few women. It is a problem that I tried to address mm -hmm. at the uh, at the O'Neill Center. Mm. Also, women playwrights. I would get two hundred plays submitted, and maybe one or two by a woman, mm. and one or two or less from uh, an ethnic minority. Is that, I was just going to say, is that true of African Americans? Yes. Very few plays being written? Now there now, are more. And there are very few African American directors. George Wolfe, of course, at the Public there Theater. Are, well, there are many more than you may know ah. at this point. Hmm. But it didn't used to be. It didn't, uh, it was as when I told my mother I was going into the theater because she didn't see uh, any uh, actors, even. Mm -hmm. There was, at that time, what, Paul Robeson, Canada <laughs> Lee, and that was about it. And you can't make a living. How are you? You're going to college. You should get uh, a profession. How are you going to make a living? And I just kept on. And I said I wasn't looking for security. Mm. What I was looking for was a way of life. And theater, because I had been introduced to William Shakespeare, I had been introduced to the Bible, language, mm. beautiful language, that was meaningful language, and it happened in the theater. And that's where I wanted to be. I thought uh, it was a place where I could affect people's minds, mm -hmm. people's hearts, uh, people, and affect their exchange and interchange with one another. So I uh, went into theater how as a way of life. How old were you when you had that realization? That oh, I was in uh, my third year of uh, college, when you had to make that decision, decision. as <laughs> what is your major? Yes. I was going into law. Oh, really? I was a pre-law student, but when I had to write that down on a piece of paper, I couldn't do it. You know, and I thought about it 
for a long time, and I discussed it with my uh, mother, and uh, of course, she didn't see it at all. Mm -hmm. And uh, I chose, instead of security, I chose the way of life. And the way of life has been my way of life. People always describe the theater as a family, kind of. Uh, mm -hmm. Has that yes. been your experience? That's been my experience. The, uh, the people that I worked in companies with are still a part of me. Mm -hmm. The people who I've had in uh, classes are a part of me. Yeah. Why? Because they share their lives with me. Mm. Yeah. We're dealing with people's lives. Uh, and we're uh, dealing with people's future. And they are going through all kinds of personal revelatory things in the effort to do their work, which endears you to them. That mm. struggle that they are going through and the one that you're going through, yes, and people come together. And you, you've been able to both, as a director, teach, so there are other ways of having employment, too, for a director. I suppose he could teach yes. or work for a nonprofit organization. And then, of course, there's always Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> you can get there. <laughs> if you can get there. Get oh, there. <laughs> I tell you, that's such an effort. That's an I'll effort. Well, you've done forget. it. You've done it. When I got to Broadway, I got to Broadway as an actor. And I, uh, I auditioned for this show. And my God, I got the part. And I was going to get billing. Ooh. And the billing was going to go up over the theater. And my name would be up there. I'd been walking down Broadway and all those side streets all the time looking at other people's names. Now my name was going to be up there. So I, in going to the theater that day, I knew the sign was supposed to be up that day. I got on a bus and I got off the bus about, oh, at least three stops before the, mm -hmm. the theater. So I could walk down Broadway, and I did, and I walked down Broadway, and I looked up, and there was the sign high above the theater, yellow-black background with black letters, and it said, Floyd Richards. No! I stood no. in the middle of Broadway oh. and I cried. Oh. I did. I was uh, accepted oh. and written. But it oh. taught you a the, lot of things. You, uh, brings us right back to the beginning. You have to learn rejection yes. and uh, a certain humility and, uh, there. Yes. Oh, gosh. And oh, the that's fleeting something. nature of oh. fame there or whatever. Well, on the note of fleeting nature, we have come to the end. And, uh, have thank we? Yes, thank oh, you so very much. I appreciate well, talking. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. We've been talking with director Lloyd Richards for the American Theatre Wing. I'm Pia Lindstrom. The American Theatre Wing's Guide to Careers in the Theatre is a project of the American Theatre Wing and the New York Public Library's Billy Rose Theatre Collection, Theatre on Film and Tape Archive.